Hey yo, welcome back to the High Kicks Podcast. How's everybody doing? I'm running solo tonight. I do not have Carl with me. I am still going to say the finger guns for him because we're going to keep the streak going alive. Uh, Carl's not here because one, he's not feeling well, and two, his family is currently up at the house he's staying at at Cape Cod, and the house is a little smaller, and he doesn't really have anywhere where he can record without any extra background noise, so I'm just taking this one solo this week. We're going to miss him, but it's just going to be me, no banter, just more of my thoughts on things, a little bit of a different vibe, but... We're going to go for it anyway. Haven't really done this, I don't think, since episode two, which was almost like two years ago now. First thing I want to start with is the Women's Euro is officially underway. And England, the hosts, obviously kicked things off with a match against Austria. And England, unsurprisingly, came out on top. But one of the bigger things I need to talk about with England and with their women's team, the Lionesses, is Beth Mead. So she scored the first goal of the Euros and the only goal that England scored in this match at Old Trafford. And her record under Lioness Gaffer Serena Wigman, 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 I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, is absolutely absurd. 14 matches... 15 goals, 10 assists. That's unfathomable. 25 goal contributions in 14 matches. So, Beth Mead, I know you most likely, I mean, not most likely, definitely don't listen to this show, but huge, huge props to you because, oh my God, that goal scoring record is insane. And then following that up with um, the next match, because there's only been two matches played so far, on Thursday, July 7th, Norway played um, Norway played Northern Ireland at St. Mary's Stadium. And as to anyone would expect, um, Norway rolled. They won 4-1. Caroline Graham Hansen scores a penalty. Nothing from Ada Hegeberg in terms of scoring, but in typical... Ada style. She had a fantastic match. She had an assist. She did not score a goal. But huge, huge props to Northern Ireland and huge props to Julie Nelson from Northern Ireland scoring the first goal for Northern Ireland in the Women's Euros. We're going to be following the Women's Euros as they continue on, but there have only been really two matches played so far. So... Not such huge, well, huge news, yes, but not such huge amounts of content to talk about there. Um, I'm more going to slide back over into the transfer market, which is where um, the High Kicks podcast has been focusing lately, because, you know, there's not much going on in terms of club play. Preseason is starting up, but everybody wants to hear about the transfers. So the big, big domino to fall in the last couple of days, Raheem Sterling's transfer to Chelsea has become official. About 45 million pounds starting. I really like this move, personally. I, I think that Raheem Sterling is a kind of player that Chelsea need. He's, he's unlike any winger they really have. Most of their wingers just kind of are more on the outside. They're somewhat hesitant to 
fire shots in the box. Sterling is a little bit of a poacher, but from the wing, which is very interesting. He's scored the third most goals of any player under Pep Guardiola, following, obviously, Lionel Messi. And then next is Sergio Aguero. He's very high up in assists in players who've played under Pep. So Chelsea got themselves a very, very good talent and a very, very good player who is still only 27 years old and has a lot of great football to play. As a Liverpool supporter, I'm kind of bummed because, you know, you watch a Liverpool guy go to City and then go to Chelsea and just what could have been had he stayed, although the money from him was used to reinforce the squad. So I'm totally, totally chill with that. Another big move that went down, and this one is really, really interesting because Spurs are just flying, flying in terms of their transfers. They officially brought in Richarlison, 50 million pounds could rise. I love this signing. I think he adds just another like area of attack for them. You could pair him up top and do kind of a two-striker set with him and Kane and then put Kulisevsky and Son as more like midfield-type wingers. Um, I I think he's going to fit in really well under Antonio Conte. I Spurs just in general, I mean, getting, getting Richarlison, getting Lingley, um Conte is building a nice team, and I'm I'm very 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 excited to see what Spurs does. Um, my old friend Nate, who's been a guest on this show, I'm sure he's really 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 excited about Spurs because, I mean, if you're a Spurs supporter, who wouldn't be? They're finally starting to back a manager. They're in the Champions League. It looks like they're improving. Sliding back to Chelsea, though, they're interested in Cristiano Ronaldo. And they they apparently submitted a 14 million pound bid, which I, I personally don't think is going to be enough to get the deal across the line. I think it's going to be something in the range of 18 to 20. But it's clear that the new regime at Chelsea wants a player like Ronaldo, whether or not he would help them on the pitch, because clubs tend to have to change the way they play when they get Ronaldo. Now he's not the same kind of do-it-all player he used to, being that he's 37 years old, going on 38. But there, there's a financial gain to signing Cristiano Ronaldo where you become more media, not necessarily friendly, but more the media wants to be there more. And you sell more shirts, and people want to come see him play. So I, I think that's a good move for Chelsea in terms of you know business side I don't necessarily think it's a great move on the pitch so we're, we're gonna see what happens with that there have been rumors that Chelsea is potentially gonna sell Christian Pulisic and that baffles me honestly say what you want in terms of how he is on the actual pitch but American owners buy a club. They want to grow their American fan base. They shouldn't sell the player dubbed Captain America. It just would not be a good look for the bully group. But again, we will see what happens with Chelsea. We will see. Sliding over to Arsenal. So they've also been very, very impressive for me lately. They they bring in... 
Gabriel Jesus. Their other Gabriel, though, apparently Juventus is interested in signing center back Gabriel in case Mathis Delight gets bought by another club, which Chelsea are also interested in him because Chelsea are interested in literally everybody. Chelsea also are trying to hijack Man U's potential transfer for uh, Frankie de Jong, who Barca say is not for sale. But Arsenal have apparently, um, they're ready to submit an offer for Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, uh, 27-year-old, which I thought he was older. So he's a fantastic player, and that Arsenal, that Arsenal midfield is just getting better and better and better. And I'm really also excited to see how they do again, or not against, but I'm really, really excited to see how they do under Michael Arteta because he's had time to grow this club and get the team playing the way he wants. He now has star power. He has players. They're all starting to mesh, and I could really see them making a strong push for the third or fourth place this year. I really, really, really could. I, I'm very, very excited to just watch that. Um. Man U did something. They signed Tyrell Malasia out of the Dutch League. They submitted a bid for Anthony from Ajax. And it looks like they're actually starting to get some headway in the transfer market. They're interested in everybody. They're working tirelessly on Frank de Jong, as I just mentioned earlier. Barca maintained he's not for sale, but it... It is what it is. We'll we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm sliding over to my club though because Carl's not here, so I can talk about Liverpool all I want. I'm so beyond excited for how my side is going to look next year. I'm I like the addition of Calvin Ramsey. I like the addition of Fabio Cavario. I think they're both going to take a little bit of time. Ramsey's more for coverage, but I think eventually we're looking at um a midfield of potentially Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones, and Fabio Cavario, unless Liverpool make that transfer for Jude Bellingham next summer, because I think that pushes Curtis Jones out of the midfield. And also having Darwin Nunez being an addition, I, 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 I think... I'm not necessarily sure if they're going to stick with their standard front three, but Liverpool have attacking firepower. They just do. They just do. Um, I've been avoiding talking about the elephant with uh, Liverpool, and I'm just going to flat out say it now. Mo signed. So happy. We might have talked about this last week, but I'm still ecstatic. Apparently uh, 350,000 pounds a week. Huge, huge deal. Commits his next three years to Merseyside. Very, very, very excited. Because given that he only has a year left on his deal, selling him would not have netted the kind of profit that the club would have wanted or that fans would have wanted. And letting him walk for free would have been horrific. So, big, big major props. Very, very happy that Mo signed on. I, I think the title race next year, I mean, I do still think it's going to be between Liverpool and City, and I think it's going to be interesting. I do still have City, given the signing of Erling Holland, the addition of Calvin Phillips, which became official the other day. Uh, the next Prem season is going to be very, very, 
very interesting coming forward. Sliding out of the Premier League, though, um, Barcelona apparently are interested in paying Bayern Munich for Robert Lewandowski in installments over a long period of time. And one of the people coming out of Bayern Munich said basically that they want all the money up front because they don't believe that Barcelona is going to exist in two years. And that that's a really interesting thought for me. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with that. I know they're hemorrhaging money. I know they're having issues with wages, but they're Barcelona. Somebody's going to come in and save them financially because they're Barcelona and the sport of football would not be the same without them. I do think that Lewandowski will eventually make his way to Catalonia. I do think that deal will go through. I I think either somebody's going to budge, either Bayern's going to lower their price or Barca's going to cough up money and pay it up front. They might literally take any money they make from selling Frankie de Jong, who they don't want to sell, and flip that over to Bayern for Lewandowski. I... I don't know. It's just, it's interesting just to see the way Barca's dealing with things because their wage budget is, sorry, they're so over their wage budget and they, they're interested in everybody and they're trying to bring in players, but they don't necessarily have the money to pay them and they're having trouble registering players. So the next couple years for Barcelona is going to be very, very interesting to see. I could also see them doing some kind of a La Masia rebuild where they kind of gut foreign players, not fully, but some, and lower the wage bill by bringing just academy talent up. Because as everybody who's a fan of this sport knows, La Masia produces talent. It just does. Paris is going to be an interesting story that we're going to be following as we continue. Um, I also... This is going to be a very, very short episode. It's mostly just my thoughts. No Carl, obviously. No banter. No debates. No difference of opinions. I do want to say that next weekend... I Or not next weekend. Next week, I don't know if I'm going to have Carl again because his family is still going to be there, but I will have a guest on the show. We are going to have Tyler Terrens, who is a commentator for the Chicago Fire of the MLS. Uh, We're going to be talking about the MLS. We're going to be talking about growth. We're going to be talking about um, players coming over from Europe, uh, most notably Lorenzo Assigne, Bernadeschi apparently is signing with Toronto as well. And we're going to talk about the deal, uh, the Apple TV Plus deal that the MLS just signed. I'm, I'm very excited for that. I don't necessarily know how much I have to say for this week like i said this one's going to be very 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 short um if anybody who's listening has any opinions on what i said or wants to talk about anything footy our dms are always open at on instagram at the high kicks podcast give it a follow huge shout out to val again because he's doing fantastic fantastic work but that's about all I got for this week. Short, little 14 to 16 minute episode. Uh, next week's going to be a little bit longer with Tyler. But thank you all for tuning in. I'll catch you guys next week. Peace. <laughs>